Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Janet Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may want to pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Wanting and More podcast. I am Jana, and today we have Anna with us. Jana and Anna, what a great combination. Whenever I'm telling people how to pronounce my name, I always say I am Anna with a J. So I'm just a J tacked on to you. <laughs> Anna is a recent graduate of Wanting It More. And today we're going to have a conversation about her sex life and how things are going. And I don't really know where it's going to go, but hey, we will figure it out. And you probably know more than us by the title and the notes for this podcast episode. So Anna, before we get into all of that, why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself, where you live, if you have kids, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, I live in Virginia and I am a mom to two young kids. Uh, I'm in my 30s and I've been married to my husband for 10 years. Mm, 10 years. What what does 10 year marriage feel like? (laughs) Well, we've actually um, been together since uh, we were in high school. So we're high school sweethearts. So we've, we've actually been together for like 18 years now, um, but, but married for 10. Um, so it's a, you know, it's, it's a long committed relationship. Um, and, and, uh, you know, we've really grown up together. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, I think that there's some challenges that, that go with that. Um, but, you know, I think that kind of having that, that history together, um, is kind of a beautiful thing as well. Mm -hmm. Did you, when did you have an idea that you maybe want to get married to your husband? We were together for obviously a while before we got married. And, and I think that even when we were dating back in high school, I think that uh, I knew that that was a possibility, but I, I didn't feel a need to, I don't know, kind of make that decision or, or commitment for a long time. You know, we were just, two people that enjoyed spending time together and our lives kind of took a, a similar path and, and never really tore us apart. And we, you know, after many years of being together, we still loved each other and felt like we were a good team and, and worked things out together well and enjoyed spending time together and had similar life goals. And um, so it really probably wasn't until he asked me that I really knew that we were going to get married, even though I think for a while I kind of anticipated that that's where it would go. Yeah, because that's a that's a big deal. High school is um, young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I have girls who are kind of entering that stage of life, I often wonder, yeah, what is this? Yeah, what is Anyways, there's a lot to say about that, but I got married really young, as many people know. And yeah, that's really fascinating. Did you ever break up or was it always together the whole time? We, we, when we, when we very first started dating, he broke up with me like three times and like had his insecurities. And, um, and so finally, I think after the third time I was like, look, are we going to do this or not? Like stop breaking up with me. And then he got over it and we didn't break up for 
a long time. Um, we, we both studied abroad in college um, at the same time on separate continents. And so we kind of took a break um, for those couple of months and just to kind of see who like being an individual was again after having been together for a number of years. And, and we didn't end up you know, seeing anybody else during that time. And we got back together, um, you know, when we came back to the States, but, um, but yeah, that was kind of the only time that we really had a part. I think that's maybe had been a wise decision because I think when you're young and you do grow up together, like you said, it can be hard to figure out what is me, what is us, what what is my decisions, what decisions am I making because I'm with this person, and and over time, I know I've had to work through some resentment about things that maybe I didn't do or think parts of myself that I I never uh, grew because I was always with somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Like getting like getting my oil change on my car is a big deal for me, and I'm 40, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so what was that like? What was your sexual relationship like through those years? Um, I would say it was pretty slow to start. Um, I was, um, fairly hesitant to really jump into stuff, you know, especially like penetration. I felt like that was something that, like, once you go there, you don't, you don't stop doing that most likely. Um, so we, we definitely took our time, um, before we actually started having sex and explored kind of a lot of other, um, you know, sexual things before we got to that point. Um, but then even once we started having sex, it was like, you know, neither of us knew what we were doing. Um, and, and I feel like it was like a pretty slow learning curve to like get to a point where, that was even kind of a more of a fun experience. Um, but it, you know, it was, he was always very patient and, and understanding and it wasn't a, you know, a a pressury kind of situation. It was just something that we were figuring out together. Um, it just took us a while and, and, you know, obviously I ended up in whim, so we didn't quite get it all figured out even, uh, even after 18 years. Um, so yeah. That's really, that's really neat. I I think if there was sort of an ideal situation, it would be that, that there is a opportunity to be curious and take it slow. And um, yeah, that's, that's really great. Yeah, I do think probably people listening are thinking, okay, well, if it was so great, then <laughs> why did you have to take a course called wanting it more? <laughs> right. So maybe, yeah. So what, what were some of the challenges you faced? Yeah, so I feel like there were a lot kind of over over the years. Um and you know, like I said, it it started out it was kind of difficult. It, I feel like it took a, a long time before sex was less painful or not painful, but I feel like for a long time it was still uncomfortable. Um and eventually after like years, uh I was diagnosed with vaginismus. And, um, so I went to pelvic floor therapy for that. And that was very helpful. I think I had some issues with different birth controls that caused some hormonal or nerve or something issues where like any kind of touchdown there was extremely painful, any kind of penetration and and, like movement felt like 
rug burn for hours afterwards. And, and even if, you know, even if like the sex felt good and, and I had an orgasm, like I still felt awful afterwards. Cause I was like, okay, well, we, you know, had to have this like really rough experience and, and I'm like, you know, in pain for hours after we do it and you, you do that enough and you start to build up negative, you know, those negative pathways in your head where you start to kind of fear the experience, um, even if it's not a hundred percent bad experience, but your, you know, that pain, that reaction to pain um, is really a strong trigger um, in your memories. Um, and so that was an issue for a long time. Um, I, th I think that I was just had a kind of a lot of felt a lot of negative pressure from culture um, in terms of, you know, my desire and, and, and libido level and never feeling like it was where it was supposed to be, um, feeling a lot of guilt and shame about not wanting to have sex, even, even you know, when it did feel good um, and just feeling you know, over time, it just got harder and harder. And especially having kids and breastfeeding and having you know, tough pregnancies and the recovery from all of that. Um, it just got to the point where I, I never wanted to have sex. And, you know, even when we did, it was like, just like, okay, I'm going to force myself to just like, let him try to turn me on. And it was like, my, my body is just like cringing. Like, I just, I don't, I don't want this touch. I don't want, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't even, I, I can't even like think about things to, to try to get aroused. It just wasn't what my body or, or mind wanted, um, you know, after kind of all those different things over the years and, you know, and then I would have anxiety about that and about, okay, well, we haven't done it in so long or, okay, well, I don't even want to wear stuff that is gonna, you know, make him, you know, want to kind of come on to me or, you know, trying to change in the closet so that, you know, if I was wearing, you know, something sexy or a thong or something like, I don't even want him to see that because then he's going to feel like, oh, maybe tonight's the night, something's going to happen. And I was like, no, I just wanted to wear this for me today or, or whatever. Um, and, you know, and to, to the point where like any, you know, I would never initiate any kind of contact or, or connection or, um, kind of sexual, you know, anything, even outside of the bedroom, because I was always afraid that that would be an invitation to escalate, an invitation for more, or it would make him start to think that, oh, you know, maybe something's going to happen. And then I would just feel even worse when it didn't go there or when I had to shut something down. Um, and so it just really kind of compounded and to the point where, you know, I, I just felt very guarded, um, you know, in any kind of physical contact with him. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't like that. I didn't want to be that way. And obviously, you know, he didn't like that. And, um, but he didn't know, you know, what to do or, or how to, you know, do anything differently. And I always, I always just felt like this was, my fault or there's something wrong with me or why don't I want this touch? Why, why can't I get turned on more easily? Um, and, and I just had such an insecurity about that part of myself.
this sounds um, familiar and it also sounds really traumatic when you lay it all out like this. Yeah. And there was, there were times when I felt, I felt like my relationship with sex was maybe similar to someone that had been through sexual trauma, even though I had not been through, you know, a particular um, incident. And, and I always felt bad even saying that because I don't want to minimize, you know, other people's experiences and in, in true trauma in any way. But I, I think I've come to maybe realize that kind of over time, over the years, all these little kind of micro traumas, I think did kind of add up to that feeling that way in my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the fear feeling unsafe, feeling like you just want to shut down, run away from it. Yeah. And I definitely, I didn't even recognize it as feeling unsafe because it's my loving husband. You know, I, I never, I never felt unsafe with him. And yet there was this whole kind of safety and and boundaries component that I didn't recognize, you know, was an issue for me until I took whim. Yeah, I I suspect this story is incredibly common. Did you ever talk to any of your friends about this? No, I don't think so. Um, because I I was always afraid that if I did, that they wouldn't relate, and I would just feel even more alone in it. Yeah, I remember a couple of times I I didn't deal with pain. Um, I was dealing with, you know, other things and I talked to a few friends and immediately I got the, oh, kind of, well, well like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, or pity, or I don't really know what you're talking about. And it is the mm-hmm. worst feeling ever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's almost I- like your, your big fears are coming true because <laughs> like it is me. I, I am the only yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that that was one of the the best things about Wim was being surrounded by all these other women that you knew felt similarly or had some kind of similar experience or understood or at least was not going to be judgmental in in whatever particular thing you were going through or experiencing and just having that sense of community and support was hugely helpful. Mm-hmm. Did you have a positive experience doing uh, pelvic floor physiotherapy? Did you feel like heard and seen by your? Yes, yeah, so I, I ended up doing two different times. Um, one kind of initially for the painful sex, and that really did help. Um, I don't know if it, you know, completely fix everything. But I think that with, you know, changing the birth control medication and, and just kind of some time, I, I think that did genuinely have a, a big impact um, on the pain. And the, and and I really liked my therapist and, and the person I worked with um, there, which I think is really important to have somebody that you feel comfortable with um, in that situation. And then after I had my second child, I did it again, um, just kind of at the recommendation of my doctor, because like you had two kids and that's a lot of stress and kind of with my my past issues with 
with pelvic floor. Um, and so I thought that was a good idea and I did it. But the, the problem there was that the, the therapist um, kind of kept asking me each week, like, oh, well, have you had sex to see if, um, you know, if it hurts? Um, you know, is it, is it working? Like, that's how we can tell if, if this is working or not, like you need to have sex. And I was kind of like, uh, no. <laughs> and then the next week she's like, oh, did you have sex this week? You're like, well, you know, this happened or I didn't get to because of this. And, and then finally it was just like, okay. And you know, this is just like shortly after giving birth to my second child, like it just, and I, you know, I didn't feel too bad about not having sex at that point, but I was like, you know, this is just not like, in the realm of what I'm really interested in, you know, trying to do right now. Um, and so finally we got to the end and she was like, well, it seems like, you know, you've been doing this long enough. Like everything probably should be fine by now you're, you're released. She was like, but I would like you to give me a call, um, you know, after you do have sex and, and just kind of let me know, like, Hey, did it work? Do you, do you think you need to come back for more or, or whatever? And I never did. I never did call her because I think at that point it had probably been months and months before we finally did have sex. Um, and I was, I was ashamed or embarrassed, or I just didn't even want her to know how long it had been. I didn't want anybody to know. And I was just kind of so uncomfortable with that whole situation and that pressure. And, you know, it wasn't even my husband being like, Hey, let's have sex. It was, you know, this total stranger being like, Hey, this is your homework. You have to have sex, like go have penetration sex before next week and I'm just like Ugh. yeah that is you can't wild. do it right now no it, it kind of <laughs> reminds me of I don't know if you're going to like a money coach or something and they're like did you do your budget did you do your budget and you're like shut up <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't helpful yeah, yeah. I mean, you can have you can understand where they're coming from they want to do their job um yeah but yeah, it's, it is really important that you like the person you're working with and you vibe really well with them and mm -hmm. they're your overall goals, not just to have penetrative sex. Like that isn't the end all be all of yeah. public floor function. Yeah. Like not peeing myself when I laugh, you That's know, really helpful, isn't it? <laughs> That's yeah. really would be a bigger goal right now, but um. yeah, I, I also, I have a platter pain condition that I developed about gosh, maybe almost two years ago now. And I searched and searched and I found her. I found the the one, the the amazing physiotherapist that I got to work with. And it can be just so wonderful to find somebody who is caring and listens and is holistic, but it's rare. It is not easy. Yeah. And, and I think the other tough part about that was that it she just didn't seem to understand that, like, why that was such a difficult thing for me. She was like, you just have sex, just right? Have it sex. just made me, yeah. it just made me feel, you know, so much more broken. Like, oh my God, like, it's just, it's no big deal. She doesn't think, my mm -hmm. doctor doesn't think it's a big deal. Like, I just, I'm just supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. And yet it was just not that easy for me. No, it reminds me of when people ask me what I do for my work. And if I feeling like I want to actually tell people what I do for work, sometimes I just say I'm a marriage coach and let them figure it out. You can tell right away if a woman understands what I'm saying, 
or doesn't understand. Usually I get the very knowing look in their faces like, mm-hmm, okay. And they're like, what's your website? <laughs> but yeah, once in a while, there'll be somebody who's like, well, if women wanted to want it, then wouldn't they just have it? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, moving on. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> if you know, you know, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a large club that we are a part of. Mm-hmm. And just like you and I, we think we're the only ones. And unfortunately, painful sex too, painful intercourse is also an extremely common challenge. And that no one, you know, will talk about that as well as any other pelvic floor dysfunction. People uh, don't discuss that at all. I mean, how many women will joke about not being able to go on a trampoline, but you know, are we really talking about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're listening and you struggle with any of this, please know you're not alone. So, so you had got to the point in your relationship where you had basically developed a, like a aversion to sex, would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then what happened? Was it, what, did you try other things? Did you, or was it sort of joining whim at that stage? Yeah, I think things had started to get a little bit better pre-whim. Um, and really, I think it had just kind of, we got into a, a point where we were occasionally having sex and it was like enough that my husband I didn't feel pressure from, from him. I didn't, I didn't feel this like, Oh, we never have sex. I was like, okay, we sometimes have sex. Um, and I think it was really just kind of, uh, based on my hormones and cycle. And it'd be like once a month or once every other month for like a day, I'd be like, today's the day I feel like it, we're having sex and it would happen. And then that was it. And we didn't, you know, we'd, we'd pretty much gotten to a point where it was just, me initiating and my husband really didn't put any pressure on me outside of that. And, and that worked, you know, enough to a point where I felt like, okay, this is, this is better than it's been in a long time. Um, you know, this is not like the, the lowest trench that we've been in and in our sexual journey, like we're kind of on the upswing here. Things are, are better. It wasn't painful. Um, you know, I really enjoyed it when when we did have sex. I still did feel pretty relieved afterwards that like, okay, all right, now I kind of don't have to worry about that for, you know, another month or two. Um, and and so, you know, when I when I I talked to you before joining Wim, I guess I saw that an ad for it and I was like, hmm, that that just that speaks to me. That really sounds like me and like something that maybe I could benefit from. Um, you know, and then I, I talked to you before, before signing up and I think I bawled through the whole thing. (laughs) It was clearly an emotional subject for me. Um, and, and I, I was hesitant because I felt like, okay, things are improving. Things are like acceptable, even if not really actually in a, in a good place. Um, and I was kind of hesitant to do something, and get to the end and not feel any better or any different and then just even feel more broken than mm-hmm. I did going into it. Um, and so that was really my fear. Um, but at the same time, I really felt like this this seemed like such 
a great program that felt like it it suited me like it would fit me like it wasn't well you just have to have sex or you just I, I don't know it, it didn't feel like pressure or like it was going to be this thing or like well you know you don't have a healthy relationship if you're not having sex at least once a week or whatever it it just it didn't it didn't feel like that. It wasn't my therapist saying, well, you have to have sex before next week and you just got to make it happen. And then, you know, that'll be checkbox. That'll be success. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it felt like it was going to be a good fit for me. And I felt like I, I did want something more. Um, I wanted to feel better about our relationship, about my relationship with sex really, um, I think has been, just a real struggle for me is just my relationship with sex and how I, you know, relate to it. Um, and if that could improve, then I'm sure it would, you know, be a better experience within our marriage as well. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you brought up that fear around, well, what if it doesn't work? I think that's so real, especially with this topic, because there feels like a lot at stake. Not necessarily, I think everyone is at the stage where they know their relationship will, will sort itself out. But I think what's at stake is how you feel about yourself. And that, I mean, I remember feeling just just horrible. Yeah, like not wanting to tell people, well, it's been like a year <laughs> since we last had sex, you know? Mm -hmm. And and not only, you know, what am I going to be asked to do? Will it be pressure? But it, it almost feels like if I invest this time and money and this is sort of the last ditch attempt, then what am I going to do if it doesn't work? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you can help me explain this to people. Maybe we can try to do it together right now. But I'm always trying to explain that it can't not work because we change the definition of work. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It within the first two weeks, I would say was probably the biggest shift for me within the program. And it really changed how I felt about myself. You know, when we were writing the compassion letter, um, I really, I mean, it, <laughs> everything that we talked about earlier, all those, those micro traumas, they were, they were like there all the time, a little bit in the back of my mind, like regularly things that I, I thought about. And so finally, like writing them all out, like pages long of like, here has been, you know, my sexual history and my experience with sex and all these negative things that have happened over over all these years, it makes sense that I've gotten to this point. You know, it wasn't like just one thing happened overnight. It was all these little things that, you know, on this journey that, that ended up where I was. And that was huge in helping me to at least start to, to feel like I could believe, maybe believe that I wasn't broken. And really within a couple of weeks, I actually felt it. Wow. And I really didn't think that was possible. I thought I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to tell myself this. I'm going to, you know, say it to myself, you know, I'll, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to feel different. And I really, really did. And now I, I don't carry 
all those little things with me all the time anymore. And I didn't even kind of realize it until right now, but kind of writing them down and going through that process, like really allowed me to kind of let that go. Um, and, and just kind of move on from, from all of that negative history. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the week about safety was kind of mind blowing because I never thought of myself. I never considered myself unsafe in my relationship. And yet I recognized that there were so many boundaries that were being crossed that I just thought, oh, I'm supposed to like this. Why don't I like this touch? Why don't I like, you know, when he looks at me like this or or talks to me like that? And I thought that I needed to figure out that my job was to like figure out how to enjoy those things instead of recognizing like, no, if that doesn't feel right to me, I need to say something. I need to let him know that 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 just doesn't work for me. And and maybe it's right then, maybe it's all the time, whatever. But being able to communicate and and just start having and he was he was amazed. He was like, I can't believe we've been together this long. Like we have, you know, a trusting, you know, open conversation relationship. And yet there were all these things. I was like, actually, I don't really like it when you do that. Actually, I feel kind of uncomfortable about this. Actually, I've never liked, you know, when you did this thing. And he's like, good to know, taking note, taking note. And it was, it was all these things that, you know, made me more and more uncomfortable that I just didn't recognize as my kind of personal safety boundaries. Mm. Um, And it was so easy for, for us to like take steps to correct that just by having that conversation. And I think having him be a part of whim as well. So this wasn't just coming from me, you know, he understood, okay, we're, you know, we're going to have this conversation about this. And he was very open and receptive to, you know, all these conversations and he was, you know, really um, on board with, with doing whatever he needed to do to, to help me, you know, feel more safe and secure in our relationship. And it's made such a big difference in me being comfortable you know, initiating touch and intimacy, you know, outside of the bedroom and, and just feeling like, oh, I can, I can do this. And he's doesn't think that that's necessarily, you know, going to escalate or lead to something else. And he obviously enjoys it more because we have so much more of a physical um, relationship and, and connection, just kind of base level um, in our, in our lives now. Um, because I know that if something comes up that I don't like, I can let him know and, and he's not going to do it and he'll respect that. Um, and so I think for me, just having those, those two mindset shifts outside of anything related to actual sex is like totally changed my relationship with, with sex and with my husband and really set us up for such, um, you know, a a more positive path as we kind of explore, um, in our XDs moving forward. When you did the compassion letter, well, here's, here's what I'll say. I think there is some fear of people joining whim. There's a fear of what, what am I going to find out 
it's going to be this dark, deep thing. And I'm going to have to dig through all this stuff. And I don't want to go there. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. is like, oh, can we just jump to the good part? And it's interesting to listen to you talk about this. And I've heard other women say the same thing, that it's actually kind of a freeing experience. What do you think? What do you think? Like, why do you think it's like that instead of it being um, kind of too heavy or a burden? I I can see how people would feel that way. I think for me, just like having been living with that kind of the weight of it for so long, I really felt ready to like tell my story in a way. It was like, this is, this is a way for me to just go through and, and lay it all out and, and recognize, yeah, there's, there's a lot of shit there that it's okay to, to feel, you know, feel bad about. Like, I don't, I don't have to, it's not just, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, broken it's like no there's there's a lot of stuff that led to you feeling like this over time I didn't start out you know feeling like this back in high school mm-hmm. um you know it it kind of took a long time to get there um and and so I think that for me I really felt um ready to to kind of get it off my chest and and get it out there and um I know we had the option in whim like to share um your compassion letter in the discussion group. And I I did. And I was like, this is, you know, there's a lot of personal stuff in here. And, but for me, I just, I wanted to, to like release it. And I felt in this, you know, safe group that there probably were going to be some people who could relate and, and getting some of the comments and feedback from people. They're like, oh my God, you know, I can relate to so much of what you're saying, or I'm so glad you posted this because it made me realize that these were things I've been struggling with too. And so kind of getting that feedback was really helpful for me to not just kind of let go of, of, of the weight of it for me, but to have that support from, from all the other women as well. Yeah. As we talk about it, I, I, I'm wondering you know, it's interesting because I create I create this stuff. I create these exercises. <laughs> I am always learning about why they work. And just as we're talking, I think it's because the compassion letter is about compassion for yourself. It's not of a list of all the things that you're broken by and, and how you need to fix. And now you need to dig up everything. And no, it's a it's an evidence letter almost. Mm-hmm. It's like here is the evidence for the reasons why I struggle with sex. Of course, I struggle with sex. Look at the, even when you were talking about your history, you know, of course you wouldn't want to have sex. Come on, (laughs) you know, take, take, take any other activity that you've had that experience with. And everyone else would say, oh gosh, don't do that for the rest of your life. Like <laughs> stay far away from that. It's, you know, something that causes me pain and stress right. and anxiety. It's like, well, we'll just don't do it. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I happily tell women don't do it. Uh, you know, I, I have my whole passion in life is to have help couples have a great sex life, but I am the first to say, like stop Um, yeah and and then the the free class of yours that I did before signing up for whim you said that you said somebody 
I don't know, I had a comment about something you said, permission to never have sex again. And I was like, this is the woman for me. <laughs> because if that's, if that's what, you know, if that's, I'm allowed to feel that way, I'm allowed to not have to do it, then I probably will want to do it. I will, I will, it will open up space for me to figure out how to enjoy it and, and want it. But I had to hear that, like, this is not something that you actually have to do. No. And that just took such a huge weight off. It has to be a choice. Mm -hmm. It has to be a choice, but our culture has made it an obligation. If you are married, you're committed to this person. You're in a monogamous relationship. You must do it. And not only that, but you know, you must do something that is for a lot of cases, not very enjoyable. Yeah. And then, so, um, so, yeah, that was great conversation around the compassion letter. Um, and then in terms of boundaries, do you remember any specifics, like specific things that he said or did or touches that you were communicating that you, it, it just helpful for people to have some examples? Yeah. Um, like sometimes we would, I think this one actually might have just come up the other day, but sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll go in for a kiss and and you know we'll embrace and and kiss and then i'm ready i'm ready for it to end and i go to pull away and he'll kind of like hold his hand and just kind of like yeah force the closeness a little bit longer and i'm just like eh, like this was enjoyable then all of a sudden it was like oh no this is too much this is not like within my power of you know controlling what is an, an acceptable and enjoyable you know amount of, of affection here um and I think he probably thought it was, you know, a little bit sexy or something. It's like something you see in the movies. And and I was just like, nope, that doesn't work for me, at least not right now, not in like just a regular standing in the kitchen, you know, type of situation. Um, so that was that was one um that that came up. Um and so like, you know, previously when when we would be you know, trying to be intimate. And I'd be like, all right, he, he, I would be like, okay, well, uh, or maybe even not trying to be intimate, but he, you know, was, and so he'd be like, well, how about I just give you a massage or something? And so, you know, started as a massage and then, you know, maybe his hands would kind of try to caress, you know, a, a sensitive area. And it, it just really took all the pleasure out of the massage because I'm like bracing, you know, waiting for like this touch to happen and like, maybe it could be a little arousing, but really if it wasn't something that I wanted to happen, then I was just like bracing for this, you know, uncomfortable touch to occur in a, you know, in a very personal sensitive area that it was just like, "Eh, that's not what I want right now. And, um, but he, you know, he's felt like he had to try something to, you know, try to get me turned on and, um, and so that was something that, that would happen sometimes. And, and now, you know, we have had some massages in our XDs and like, that doesn't happen anymore because he knows, like, if I, if I want to be touched somewhere intimate, I will tell him. And it takes the pressure off of him because he's not trying to guess, engage, is she ready? Is she not, you know, weighing that risk. And, um, and so now I can just have a massage and actually relax and enjoy it um, and not kind of be, be worried about, um, about that, you know, 
<laughs> extra touch. Um, yeah, that is so relatable. Um, that's yeah, I, I, everything you're saying, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, as you're talking, as you were saying, it's a little bit arousing. A thought popped into my head. I'm wondering if because of our culture, because we're, we see so many scenes of women kind of laughing uncomfortably when they're touched or kind of saying no, but then it continues and then they enjoy it. So there's almost this edginess mm -hmm. that would be called sexy, but really it is tension, like a, like a negative tension. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if us women, the reason why so often we don't say no during those times, or we, we just think, okay, this is normal. I need to lean into this. Mm -hmm. It's because that's, what's been modeled for us. Yeah, probably. There's so there's so few words to even explain what we go through because it's so normalized. There's no language. Um, yeah, maybe I'll be I'll be a little bit more observant watching sex scenes from now on and see if that sort of tension exists. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so week one, week two, um, <laughs> and everything was good. <laughs> yeah. How did it progress through the program for you? Um, I felt like after, after getting through those two weeks, I felt like those were really kind of the, the most kind of the biggest mind shift for me, um, was in those two weeks. And then the other weeks I found helpful, but not nearly as emotional. Um, I felt like at that point I was kind of able to, to go through and, and, you know, kind of use the material and, and work on the, the action steps, but it just felt more kind of light and informative, um, at that point to me. And like, you know, the, the, the part about intuition, that was a little bit challenging for me. And it really wasn't until kind of later in the course that I started to, um, kind of understand that and recognize that part of it more. Um, and, and the connecting with your body, that wasn't something that I felt particularly challenged by. I know that's something that a lot of women really struggle with. Um, and, and I, I, I feel like personally, I have more of a positive relationship with my body. Mm. Um, and so I thought that one was, was helpful, but not not so groundbreaking um, for me. That's interesting because I would have thought with the pain and the, you know, it's probably a lot of internal exams and all of that sort mm -hmm. of stuff that you've had to go through. I don't know if you went through, you know, using dilators or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that throughout that whole process and with pain that you maintained a good connected, positive experience with your pelvic floor area, with your vulva was there anything that you you did or you can pinpoint that helped you maintain that relationship? No, not not exactly. I I think that I don't know. I just feel like kind of body image is is not something that that I have 
had such trouble with. And even though that area didn't seem to want to work quite right, I never, I never associated that part of me as like being broken so much as like the emotional part of me, the yeah. desire part of me. That makes um, sense. I didn't feel like I was physically broken so much as, I don't know, emotionally or mentally or, you know, kind of more of that relationship with sex and the idea of sex and arousal, mm -hmm. um, but more separate from, from the physical part right. for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. What was your experience as a couple through this process? I thought it was really great. Um, it was definitely helpful having him be a part of it and feel like he was getting the information and, and he was getting the messages and that I, it, it wasn't all on me to teach him um, and to, to kind of make, to help him understand. It was like, I could just do my part and focus on what I was supposed to be doing. And then he, you know, kind of was, was having his classes or, or lessons and, and the group chats and that he participated in. Um, and I think that was really helpful for him. And then we could just kind of come together and work together as a team, you know, kind of as equals coming to this um, and not, and not so much like I was telling him what to do or how to do it or, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, he didn't understand why are we doing this or why are you, you know, telling me that we're going to go on a reset or, or whatever. It was just, um, I don't know, I, I felt that it, it really helped for him to be a part of it as well. Um, and I thought it was a really positive experience for us. He was very supportive, very on board with all of it. Um, and, you know, we, we came up with this uh, green light, yellow light, red light system for, for boundaries. And so even, you know, sometimes uh, after we'd kind of started having those discussions, he would do something, he'd be like, eh, was that maybe a, a yellow light or red light? I'd be like, yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, let's, but he, he would start to recognize those things on his own. And so it was so nice to, to feel like we were a team working on that together and not just me, um, you know, having to, to handle all of it on for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it's why WIM is really very much heading in into the direction of a couples program. Mm -hmm. I think I resisted that for a little bit because I'm like, I need to empower women. I want them to have the voice. And, and I'm like, no, men need support too. This is just uh, as much of a challenge for them to get their heads wrapped around the cultural messages that they have been taught and how to shift that. Yep. Yeah. So what does your sex life look like now? Well, we have been having our regular XDs um, uh, since WIM ended. I don't think we've missed any. Even this week when the kids didn't go to bed until 10 o'clock and we were exhausted and I was like, well, we're going to get in bed. And I think I told them, I was like, I just want to get in bed naked and cuddle and maybe rub some of our, you know, homemade body lotion on my, on my, on my back. And that was nice and relaxing and, you know, an intimate, um, experience. And then after about 20 minutes, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to go to sleep now. <laughs> but if, if it weren't for the scheduled XD, even that amount of intimacy and connection wouldn't have happened after the end of a long day. Like we just would have 
gone to bed or, you know, looked at our phones or whatever. And so having that, even just that brief little bit um, was so nice just to be like, okay, we're going to do this and it's going to be a nice, pleasant experience for both of us. And just really trying to build, you know, more and more one at a time, 100% positive experiences. And I feel like I am really committed to never going back to a red light situation where I'm letting him do something or touch me in a way because I feel like this is what I have to do to get aroused for us to have sex and we have to have sex. So this is what I have to do, even though there's like all these bells and whistles inside of me saying like, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel right. I don't want this. And, and I, you know, and I would do it anyways. And so now I feel confident in myself and in him that that's not what our sex life is going to look like anymore. Whether there's, you know, penetration or not, it's, it's not going to involve, you know, those feelings. And so um, we've been, we've been, uh, very consistent in having RXDs. Um, some of them have have been, I'll say, much more intimate than others, and really, you know, even and and that on a on a weekly rate is still a lot more frequent than you know what was happening before. Um, but I really do feel like having these positive experiences and being able to look at the sexual experience differently and that it's not just about, you know, penetration and orgasm, um, which is, you know, how it was defined before. And, and like I said, even, even though we, you know, I would orgasm when we had sex before, but kind of the whole, and so I, in my mind, I thought, okay, well, sex is great because I had an orgasm and it felt good, like when we were having sex, but there'd be the whole, you know, weeks, days, hours, minutes leading up to when it did feel really good, that, that didn't feel good, you know, that wasn't a positive experience that was full of anxiety and stress and, and uncomfortable moments. And, and, and that part of it's gone. It's just the enjoyable part, whether it's orgasm or not, it's all positive, pleasurable experiences. And, and that's been really great. (laughs) That is amazing. I I think you perfectly summed up my mission. This is, (laughs) this is my legacy that, that all, all women in all stages of their lives have a hundred percent positive experiences. What a radical shift we could make in the world if we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband is, you know, enjoying all of the additional, you know, touching and connection and intimacy that, that we're having. And, and he's totally on board with, you know, wherever it leads to or not. And it's been, I would say it's been a very positive experience for him as well. Cause I think our, our relationship used to be what he once described as cold. Um, and, and now I don't think he would say that anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I think yeah, and and isn't it I mean, isn't it great when nobody is being harmed in a relationship? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean to put it so bluntly, right? That that you 
you know, a partner will always be affected if their partner who they love and want the best for Mm -hmm. is under duress, uh, experiencing fear, anxiety, pain. It's always going to be a negative thing. I'd hope it always be a negative thing for their partner. And I think through the process of when men do find out like your husband did that what they thought were positive experiences, in fact, are not positive experiences. So for sure, there's like a learning process and that can be difficult. Um, but it's, I, I think we would all agree when we say it in those sort of basic way that it's necessary. That's a, just a basic uh, expectation in a relationship is that mm-hmm. nobody is feeling those feelings. Yeah. So it's not radical. It's just basic, (laughs) just, just basic human, human rights that we're dealing with. Uh, Anna, was there anything else that you wanted to share before we said goodbye? I don't think so. Just thank you for providing this course and this opportunity. Um, Like I said, it, it really, it really shifted my whole view and outlook and relationship with the sexual experience way more than I had hoped or expected. Um, and definitely did not feel more broken (laughs) after going through the course. I feel so much more whole and confident and, and happy with the sexual relationship and experience that I'm having now. And to the point where I don't, I don't care if it, if it looks like, or, you know, sounds like, or is as frequent or whatever as, as anybody else, because that doesn't matter because I'm happy with what I have. Mm. And, and we're happy, you know, we're having a positive experience and that's all that matters. Let's end on that. That was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us and thank you everyone for listening And I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye for now. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app It's the purple icon. And if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face and has a little button that says latest episodes, if you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing that says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a five stars. Actually, you can put any stars, but five is what I would love and put a title and then write your review. Thank you so much for supporting this little venture here. And I really am so grateful. If you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband, and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to janadentonhouse.com slash wantingitmore to sign up for the wait list, to learn more, to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.